Have you ever wondered where you really stand with God? Are you overcome with feelings of guilt because of things you've done wrong? Are you tired of religion that focuses on rules that you can't keep? Have we got good news for you? It's time to listen in on some casual conversation with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski and discover what true freedom is all about. This is Growing in Grace. Hey there, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. It's another weekly edition of Growing in Grace. And you can find all of our past podcast episodes at Grace Roots. Well, that's the, that's my personal website, graceroots.org. But, and I do welcome you to go there. But growingingrace.org, that's where all the podcast episodes are uh, located. All 340-plus episodes of Growing in Grace uh, that I've done with my co-host here, Mike Kapler. How you doing uh, this time around, Cap? I'm ready for another podcast, Joel. You know, I, I know it it almost happened again where we ran out of stuff to talk about, and then all of a sudden we, we thought of something else, so we're going to do at least one more. <laughs> at least one more. One <laughs> more podcast, and next week we'll probably do the same, and the <laughs> same after that, and so on and so forth, until we get tired of it, and so far we haven't gotten tired of it. <laughs> It's good news, and uh, you know we've been talking about last week. I liked the one we talked about last week, uh, generational curses, and how we've been redeemed through Christ. You know, we've been redeemed from the curse of the law. There is no curse, and uh, but sometimes, Cap, even though there is no curse, uh, God doesn't curse us for our sins. But here's the question: You know, does God get offended by our sins? Does it hurt God when we sin? Does does God react? in a negative way to us when we sin. I don't know, there's different ways that we could perhaps approach this, but, you know, he has made us righteous. And so these are some questions I think that people have, and so maybe we can jump into some of that this week. Yeah, not too long ago, uh, we we did talk about, is God angry with us anymore? And I I think that's program number 340, if you want to go back to uh, the website Joel just gave out, growingandgrace.org, you could check that out. But we'll try and maybe uh, approach it from a, a little bit of a different perspective this time because uh, I think many Christians today, unfortunately, question where they are positioned at with God. What does God really think of them? Where do they stand with Him? And that's just a shame for that to have to happen. And it's usually a result of people not being very familiar with their identity in Christ and, and uh, understanding the sufficiency of what Jesus did for you and me with that one-time work being completed at the cross, you know. Paul compared Adam and Jesus uh, back in the book of Romans. Through one man, speaking of Adam, through one man's disobedience, we inherited sin. Even though you and I did not commit that same act, it came through Adam. We were born into it, so to speak. And yet with Jesus Christ, through one man's righteous act, we now have received uh, the inheritance of righteousness. That's been passed on to us. And, of course, uh, the, what we inherited through Adam was done away with. It was, it was wiped out. And uh, now we're, we're like God in many ways. We've, we've inherited all the good qualities that, uh, that encompass him and, and we, those attributes of, of righteousness, right standing with God, now belong to us. And what a lot of people don't know, and I know this is something we discuss a lot here on Growing in Grace, but if you were to walk into most churches today, And just get right up front and say, how many people in here think they are really righteous? Most people are going to think, well, gee, I know I'm not perfect. I'm just a sinner saved by grace, and I'm trying to be. But So very few hands would go up. 
But the fact of the matter is they are righteous. Believers in Jesus Christ have uh, a righteousness. This, this has been revealed to us through the, the gospel, but very few people, I think percentage-wise, very few people are aware of it. Yeah, and that's the you know, that is sad because of the beautiful and wonderful gift that God has given us in Jesus Christ. You know, it's such a wonderful gift, and yet we walk around <laughs> in modern day Christianity with such sour looks on our faces and and with such sad hearts because we uh, we have based God's view of us upon our performance. And uh, we know that we don't always perform right. We know that we're not always living up to the perform the way that we would like to live. We know there's things that we do that we don't want to do. There's things that we don't want to do that we do. And it's it, it brings a lot of sadness and sorrow because of the fact that we are not, we're not rooted and grounded in the gift. You know, righteousness isn't something that that we can earn by our works or performance, and it's not something that we can maintain by our works and performance. It's something that's been given to us as a free gift, <laughs> and it can only be a free gift, because if it has anything to do with our performance, then uh, we're going to be really messed up, because none of us have lived up to that uh, that standard of God's righteousness. And so when we look and realize that righteousness is a gift, then we can you know, breathe a sigh of relief and walk in the freedom for which God has set us free. You know, Christ came so that we would be free. He came to give us the gift of life, the gift of righteousness, and all of these things that we've inherited through Christ. It's all as a gift by God's grace and and through nothing that we've done. Yeah, um, Hebrews chapter 10, picking up in the middle of a lot of cool stuff here, but uh, talking about the old sacrifices that the high priest would perform continually year after year. And so they would offer these same sacrifices to uh, try to, you know, atone for the, the sins of the people. But because they were offered over and over again, these same sacrifices year by year, uh, they could never make those who approached with those sacrifices perfect. For then, if they had, would they not have ceased to be offered? Verse 2 of chapter 10 in Hebrews they would have ceased to have been offered if they had made the sacrificers perfect. But they did not. That's why they had to keep doing them over and over again. But if that had happened, once purified, they no longer would have had a consciousness of sins. But they had this consciousness of sins constantly hanging over their head, Joel. In those sacrifices, there was a reminder of sins every time they performed them because it wasn't possible for the blood of the animals to take away sins. Well, in 1 John, he told us that Jesus was manifested to take away sins. He that sins is of the devil, and Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. Now, a lot of people think in that context that uh, this is something that's ongoing, as if uh, the finished work of Christ had not been accomplished. But let me just say that the works of the devil have been destroyed in the context that John was talking about in his first epistle. Sin was taken away through the one-time sacrifice and the blood of Jesus Christ. The works of the devil, through this context of sin that we're talking about, have been destroyed. You know, I, I saw something on Facebook from one of our friends. I'm sure you're a friend with him too, Joel. He made an interesting point in that in the Old Covenant, when they did the sacrifices, it was the animal, it was the lamb that was inspected 
not the person bringing the lamb. Mm. The lamb had to be, you know, without spot or blemish and all this stuff. They had to inspect the lamb to make sure it was worthy of the sacrifice. They didn't inspect the person bringing the lamb. And I think that's an interesting point, too. Even under this new covenant, it's all about the lamb that was sacrificed, not about us. Exactly. And that that is a really good point. (laughs) All about the lamb. The lamb was inspected because, obviously, the people who the, whose sins the lamb was covering, so to speak, had spots and blemishes. The pe- that's the reason the lamb, the perfect spotless lamb, was offered, because the people had their own sins and, and spots and blemishes. Along comes this perfect lamb, the lamb of God, Jesus Christ, and once for all, through what he did, the sins of the people were not only just atoned for for another year, but as you said, Cap, they were taken away. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He didn't just cover us, and he didn't just he didn't just make it so that our sins are forgiven for another year, but for once and for all, our sins are taken away, and we've been made righteous. And so there's no reason for us to have this, uh, as Hebrews 10 talks about, this consciousness of sins. Yeah, we do things, again, that we don't like to do, but God isn't relating to us on the basis of those things. If you think about it, if God still related to us on the basis of our performance, of our sins, then wouldn't God have to do something about it? And he would have a choice, like he did before. He could either directly do something to us about it, or he would have to do it to his son, but he's not going to bring his son up to the cross over and over again because of our sins. He did it once and for all. And so because of that, we can uh, be rid of this consciousness of sins in in our relating to God, and uh, we can let the Spirit instead uh, convict us, convict our conscience of the righteousness that he's given us. And that's exactly what he does. He convicts us of righteousness now, not sin. He reminds you that you are in right standing with God because of what Jesus did. You don't need to be reminded that sin is bad. That's how people fall into condemnation and guilt because they feel like they're falling short and somehow not being accepted by God. I know a lot of people may not think that they're in a position where they're not saved or anything like that, but they just feel bad because they they aren't sure how God views them anymore because of their constant failures. But in John 16, Jesus talked about when the Holy Spirit would come, that he would convict of righteousness. I, I heard somebody one time say, maybe I said it myself, God won't condemn you of your sin, but he will convict you of it. Well, I don't know. The last time I, I heard somebody getting convicted for murder or, or some other crime, uh, they went to prison, they went to jail, they were punished. Uh, convict and condemn, to me, uh, sometimes interchangeable, Joel, but Jesus came to convict of righteousness now. I should say the Holy Spirit comes to do that now. If the Holy Spirit is going to convict somebody of, of anything related to sin, it's going to be their unbelief. If you look in John 16, you'll see this if you read it in the context. The Holy Spirit will convict people of their unbelief. You know, it's it's not about the sin so much, it's, it's the unbelief. Now, sin and unbelief can be connected, but for those of us in Christ, there is this conviction. Because Jesus went to the Father, there is now this conviction, this reminder of uh, being in right standing with him, and, and uh, you don't ever forget that. Yeah, an- another word for uh, 
convict there it's you know the same kind of root word as convince you know the, he he comes to convince us of our righteousness and he wouldn't be able to convict us or convince us of righteousness if we weren't already righteous <laughs> you know you can't be uh, someone can't call you righteous unless you're righteous so why would the spirit come to convict us of righteousness as it says here unless through the blood of Jesus Christ and his, his death and resurrection we'd been made righteous as we talked about last week jesus you know became the curse for us and he became sin for us so that we would become the righteousness of god as a gift you know it's it's a it, again it's a gift that god has given to us and so we can't go back to basing it on our performance because when it's about our performance then yeah we're going to rise and fall as easy as someone can snap their fingers but when it's based upon the solidified work the finished work of Christ then we can be walk around with our head held high knowing that we are righteous and that God is no longer relating to us on the basis of our behavior it's going to be hard for us to walk the way God would have us walk if we just think we're lowly sinners who can't do any better than that. You're righteous, you're like the Lord, you've taken on all the good things that encompass Him, and now you can go forth in His love and being in Christ, and uh, great things can be worked out as, as He moves through you. And Cap, one of the things that He works through us is freedom. We get to experience the freedom. We, you know, we've been made free from many things because of what Jesus did. And it's a permanent, eternal freedom. That's what we've got in store to talk about next week. So uh, stay tuned next week for Talk About Freedom, right here on Growing in Grace at growingingrace.org. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski. Heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. To access hundreds of past programs, visit graceroots.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.